live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Silver and Black Today, your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Gulbranson. It's Hump Day, Raider Nation. Welcome back to a live version of Silver and Black today. We hope you're all doing okay out there and holding up wherever you are. Special shout out to our friends in Texas. If you have power to listen to us, if you've been able to get somewhere and uh, charge up your phone and you're listening, uh, we're thinking about you down there. Just crazy town uh, all over Texas with a lack of power. We know our good friend Q Myers uh, has had that. He's been staying at the radio station here works at for those of you uh who listen to his podcast i'm sure you heard that as well i'm sure he talked about it but uh he's been there with his wife so that they have some heat uh and 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 the whatnot so uh shout out to q and to everybody in texas this is silver and black today powered by our good friends sam and ash the injury attorneys 702-820-1234 is the number because you deserve what's right. You can also be a part of the show. We like that. We love uh, our callers to call, and we always get great callers here uh, at Raider Nation Radio, and especially here on Silver and Black today. 702-365-9200 is the Raider Nation Radio listener hotline. You can call in, tell us what you think. We'll go over some news. It's me, Scott Branson, along with Chris Chapman, who is back in the studio running everything, making sure we're on the air. Chris, we're having uh, we're having good weather. I feel bad for the rest of the country where you're seeing all this weather. We're getting some wind, but man, it's been nice out here. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to complain. I mean, especially after what I've I've got friends in Texas. I've got a friend in Houston, and she posted on her Facebook uh, her bathtub that was full of water. It's now ice. It's like a block of ice. So that's insane. And um, you know what? I, I saw you know you're seeing all these pictures posted. This uh, young guy in Texas was in his apartment building and in the hallway, and there was icicles from the ceiling fan in the hallway outside, like the gym for the apartment complex. And you're just like, that really, it tells you how cold it is. You know, this isn't just like, hey, they got some snow and it's 30 degrees. This is crazy town as far as the fact that Texas is colder than parts of Alaska right now. And this is going all over. I used to live in Kansas City. I have friends in Kansas City who are talking about it. They've had snow, traces of snow, 13 of the last 17 days in February. I mean, it is just nuts all over the place. And I know Raider Nation listens to this radio station all over the country, all over the world. So we're sending out our best thoughts to you uh, as well. And uh, you can share your experiences with us, too, if you call in at 702-365-9200. Chris, did you see, I have to say this, and I know I know he's you know, public enemy number one with Raider Nation, but did you see Tom Brady's video post calling out all his critics from before the year began? I generally... It's funny. I see a lot of Tom Brady tweets, but I generally just breeze by them because I don't <laughs> I don't really care what he has to say. In in my mind, yeah. he's he's a great quarterback. He's an all-time great, maybe the greatest ever, but I don't particularly like the guy as a person. I don't particularly like him on the football field. I don't root for him. So generally when yeah. I see them, I scroll by, although I did get a kick out of the one last week where he was falling over drunk because I'm like, yeah. you know what? If I won the Super Bowl, I would probably be the same guy, and yeah, I probably would be the same guy throwing the Lombardi trophy from my <laughs> boat to my teammate on another. I know he got a lot of grief from the, uh, the I guess, the daughter of the person who designed the trophy. but Which is which is asinine. Just asinine. Yeah, it's like, listen, I, I follow hockey. Like, I, I, I cover the Golden Knights here in Vegas, right? Like, I've traveled for the playoffs. I've been to the Stanley Cup final. I was outside. I was steps from the locker room when the Washington Capitals won their Stanley Cup here in Las Vegas. And I can tell you, nobody is begging the person who, no, nobody is begging Alexander Ovechkin to not carry the Stanley Cup through MGM, celebrating a Stanley Cup victory, drinking alcoholic beverages out of the Stanley Cup. It's, it's, it's funny. Now, had that trophy fallen to the bottom of the bay? Eh, maybe a different <laughs> story, but no harm, no foul, right? They're, they're celebrating. Right. It's, it's arguably... The biggest win in the history of the franchise. I mean, you could say maybe their first one was bigger, but but based on the fact that they had Tom Brady 
and not Brad Johnson as their quarterback, it's it's probably right. the, the biggest win in their history. So, well, not only that, but it's their trophy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, your your father may have decided, and this is what I always said. Like during the political season, you would have uh, artists who did songs that would be used by a Democrat or a Republican. And it happened on both sides where they'd say, stop using my song. It's like, well, dude, you put out the song, like they're paying <laughs> the rights for it. Then, then you have to tell your rights management company that they're not allowed in certain circumstances. I mean, you can do that as the rights holder, if you're the rights holder of your music. And so I just don't understand. Everybody wants to be outraged about something. Yeah. And, and the trophy thing was ridiculous. But the reason I bring up Tom Brady is he put out this video uh, where he says, I love talk radio and he basically has all the doubters and he, he brings in highlights from articles from radio shows tv shows talking about how tom brady's not going to do anything uh with tampa and um you know what w to the winner goes the spoils and you're right i don't like tom brady either i respect him and think he's the best quarterback to play because he's he's got seven rings to show it but at the same time i just thought it was kind of uh it was next level trolling from a player who has the money to really do a polished video yeah uh and it's making its way around i know a lot of raider fans are are, are talking about i mean it uh, the, at, at the end of the day he has that right and and i yeah. think it, it's funny Right. Because I, I can honestly say I was not one of those people who said he was going to go to Tampa and fail. In fact, I thought it was a brilliant move because I thought Bruce Arians is a really, really good coach. Yeah. But where, where Tom Brady kind of separates himself and he has earned the right to do it. If you think of all the all time greats, I mean, we can start way back in the 60s quarterbacks who have left the, the franchise that they basically built Right, whether it was Johnny Unitas, whether it was Joe Namath, guys who finished their careers in goofy places, Joe Montana, right? I know you're a Notre Dame guy. Yeah. I will never, and, and I know he had some success in Kansas City. I'll never look at Joe Montana as a chief. The, the, as a chief. I'll right. never look at Brett Favre as a Jet or a Viking, even though he played for my team. Brett Favre is a Packer. Correct. Tom Brady did what none of those guys could do, and that was go to another situation and lead that team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And and yeah, right. that's that's where he and, and I was one of those guys for the longest time who felt Montana was the best quarterback ever. I said, listen, Montana did it. Montana was the greatest. I don't think you can have that debate anymore. Because yeah. Montana no. at the he 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 got demolished by that Buffalo Bills team in the AFC title game. And that was the furthest he took the Chiefs. And I know a lot of Raider fans are probably happy to see that, right? I know, I know, <laughs> I, I didn't really have a dog in the fight, even though the Bills were in my division. I never really hated the Bills. But none of those other all-time great quarterbacks could, could do what Brady did. And when you when you earn that right, and Brady did earn that right, he can pretty much do or say, I mean, let's think about it. We can we can even look at other sports. Michael Jordan. He might be the pettiest human being to ever play professional sports. The way he he mocked all those people, including his high school basketball coach, in his Hall of Fame speech, the guy was petty. He was as petty as they come. Even when he left the Chicago Bulls, he didn't have success away from the Bulls. Tom Brady, no, not not from a team perspective. No, and, and even as an owner of of the, of the win of the Charlotte Hornets, he yeah, they're they're barely a playoff team, so. Right. Brady has done what none of the all-time greats could ever do. I mean, you have to at least ha have that discussion. He's probably, or he's up there as far as the all-time greats in team sports. Now, I, I will stop short of saying he's the all-time greatest athlete ever. But in team sports, you can say he's certainly in the discussion. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. I know people begrudgingly want to say that, and... And, but it's true. And so so he's taking his victory lap still today. Speaking of quarterbacks, Chris, too, uh, the Steelers non-committal on Ben Roethlisberger's future, which is not a surprise. The Steelers really need to clean cap space. My question is, you know, we're talking about this ongoing uh, quarterback carousel. Oh, by the way, on today's show, I just want a quick rundown. Uh, coming up at 2.30, Marcus Mosier from Raiders Wire will join us. We're going to talk to him about the Raiders' defensive needs. How are they going to address them? I, I increasingly... 
am changing my view on how the Raiders need to address their defensive needs. So we're going to talk to Marcus about that at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock, Kalen Jones, a writer for the uh, Ringer, he writes about the NFL there. Marcus Mariota is going to be the subject of that one. He wrote a piece uh, that Mariota is the wild card in the quarterback carousel this offseason. So we'll get a little more of that, and then we'll talk to Vinny towards the end of the show, as we always do. Um, But the the Ben Roethlisberger thing is a new wrinkle, because what are the Steelers going to do a quarterback then the Steelers, you know most people think the Steelers are not that far away from very competitive as well now they have other issues Juju Smith-Schuster is another guy that may be gone there as well so they might have other needs but they need to free up money if they're going to stay competitive uh, but from a quarterback perspective might they now be a player in the quarterback carousel because if Ben doesn't come back what do they do I don't I don't know. You know, it's it's funny. The Steelers have been one of those franchises that have they've always been a model of consistency. You can go sure. back to, to Chuck Knoll in the seventies. They always they've only think about it. How many head coaches have the Raiders had in the last ten years? <laughs> the Steelers have had three head coaches in my lifetime. I'm forty one. Yeah. They've had Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. That's it. Their M.O. is not to go out and make a big trade for a quarterback. What they seem to always do, they'll they'll hit some rough years, and then they'll find a guy. Maybe they'll have a bad season. They'll they'll end up having a good team, but they'll maybe someone gets hurt. Like I think when they got Roethlisberger, I, I, I can't remember, was it Cordell Stewart was their quarterback? I don't remember right. who got injured, and they had a bad season. And next thing you know, they draft Ben Roethlisberger, who's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I can't see them moving Roethlisberger because they really don't have anything behind him, unless they're willing to suck for a year or two. Yeah, which doesn't seem to be. Well, yeah, what's the what's the what's the what's the plan for succession? There is the question, and so so, but they 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 either are going to cut him loose, or he's gonna he's going they're gonna ask him to renegotiate, and they're gonna figure something out. And I don't sure. think he'll renegotiate. He's at the end. I don't think so. I, I I listen. I'm I'm always one of those guys who. I will always side with the player. Get your money, especially in the NFL where you could be cut tomorrow and not be paid. Yeah. Right. Get your money. Get as much of it as you can. And it's, ah, I mean, he's at the end. Does he really want to go play somewhere else? I mean, there's a couple places that where, where he could go and maybe have success. Washington maybe pops to, 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 to my mind. I mean, obviously, Ron Rivera, good coach. They, they seem to have a pretty solid defense. I mean, Chase yeah. Young is, is going to be an outstanding player. Ah, could, could that be a place that's not too far yeah, from I, home for him? I, I get the sense, though, that, yeah, I, I don't get the sense from him that he's a guy who wants to go play somewhere else. You know what I mean? But I don't and think so, he wants to hang it up either. No, I know. So it's a weird situation. So we'll have to watch that one and what it what kind of the ripple effect is. The other thing is, of course, J.J. Watt, some new conversation today, some bubbling conversation and reports from various media outlets that J.J. Watt and the Bills have mutual interest in one another. Now, that move would make a lot of sense to me because the Bills are right there. Obviously, they have a very good young team, uh, and and that playoff run ended for them earlier than they wanted to, of course, against the Chiefs. But they're one of those teams that have to be on his short list because he wants to go to a team that's close to, quote-unquote, a championship. Uh, And to me, the Bills are there. Of course, we've heard about the Packers. You and I talked about that yesterday and that there was a strong rumor that that could happen pretty soon. The Browns are another team with the money and the need um, and and, and the desire to maybe go get a J.J. Watt. But certainly it's starting to – I mean, there's been as many as like nine teams, I think, that have been named as potential suitors for J.J. Watt. Of course, we've talked about him to the Raiders. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think the Raiders are close. So to me, the Bills situation, I still think he ends up in Green Bay, but the fact that Cleveland has the money and they can probably give him the largest offer and also the Bills, they have some some salary cap issues they'd have to work around, but with everything in place in Buffalo, I wouldn't be surprised, Chris, if he ends up a Bill. Yeah, I mean, and that's a team, they were right there, right right on the doorstep and they they just at the end of the day, Pat Mahomes is just too good for, for them to, but as we've seen now Now, I'm sure a lot of teams will attempt to duplicate it. Who knows if they're able to replicate it. But what we saw from from Tampa in the Super Bowl was kind of the blueprint. 
And maybe yeah. maybe it works in the future. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe Kansas City gets better. Maybe Pat Mahomes figures, and maybe he's 100% healthy, and maybe we could chalk it up to the Chiefs O-line just not being 100%. That's true too. But, yeah, and 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 but but also JJ Watt too. Uh, more reports as well is that Tennessee is now in there too, and that's another team that is seemingly pretty close. Now they didn't obviously do as well as people thought they would do in the playoffs, uh, but they're one of those teams, and this is the the advantage that teams like that and the Bills have over the Raiders. Is you know I don't believe the Raiders are that far away, but I also don't think they're that close. They're somewhere in that middle. They're in that purgatory of the NFL, which happens when you finish eight and eight. And so to me, the Titans are one to watch there as well. Now, a bigger concerning story, I think, for Raider Nation is the fact that um, we're now hearing a lot of chatter out of, and we'll have to try to get our man Ben Albright on. Um, but the Broncos uh, are said to be willing to perhaps pursue a blockbuster trade to get Deshaun Watson. Now, Houston has said repeatedly they don't want to trade him. But if they come, if Denver says, hey, we're going to give you three number one picks plus a player. Uh, now, we've heard about the Carolina proposed trade, or at least rumored trade, which has three number ones plus Christian McCaffrey going to Houston for Watson. Um, but can you imagine, and I, and I want to hear Raider Nation talk about this, 702-365-9200 is a number to get on. Can you imagine if Deshaun Watson was on the Broncos? And if you're the Raiders, that means every year you have to play him twice, Mahomes twice, and Justin Herbert twice. Um, and so you talk about building your defense, you, th th that would suddenly turn into a situation where you got to build it and build it fast. Yeah, that's, that's the, you, you would have to basically take the Baltimore Ravens approach, right? Where yeah. you're not winning with your offense, although Lamar Jackson, obviously a very good quarterback, but for years, their MO was we're going to win with our defense. We'll have a serviceable to good quarterback like Joe Flacco, right? And there's no reason why. You can't do that. The problem is you have to do it quick, and obviously right. people are impatient. I mean, it, it, and it's funny because I, I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a, a, an upper half of the NFL quarterback. Like, he's definitely in the top 15 for me. He's probably right in that 10 to 15 range. But yeah. you would have the fourth best, arguably. I mean, Justin Herbert has to do it again. But based on what we saw, Justin Herbert is a really, really good quarterback. You would have the fourth best quarterback in the division. And that's yeah, and, that's and you that's you're you're, you're you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah, and and I, as I've said numerous times on the show, I, I believe the Raiders can win with Derek Carr, and, and they will. But at the same time, you then have a dynamic in the division where all three of the other quarterbacks are much more mobile and can create uh, and dis uh, can create disruption on defense with their legs. And so to me, that becomes a concern as well. And so how do you address that? I think you're right. You have to go defense and you have to build just a, a stellar defense to be able to stop those guys. Right. And then you still have to score though. So, so I think they could have the offense to score, but they would have to really put a lot into that defense. And that's what we're going to talk to Marcus Mosier from Raiders wire here at the bottom of the hour about how you approach that defense. Because at one time I thought you got to go get a big name. You got to make a big splash. Now I'm kind of, I'm, I'm drawing back on that. And I think there's a different approach to it uh, that the Raiders might have to look at because they have so many needs. I think from upgrading in spots. They have players on the roster that we still don't know about uh, whether or not they're going to be long-term success or, or not. So we have to look at that. But when you look at building, you're going to have to do that because, listen, Deshaun Watson to the Broncos, that could be a pipe dream. I don't know. But I'm just saying it's in the conversation. Now what you're hearing is three number ones and a starting player, a good starting player. I mean, Carolina willing to trade Christian McCaffrey – as part of that to get Deshaun Watson, I think tells you everything you need to know about the modern NFL and the value of running backs. And and Josh Jacobs, very good NFL running back. But would you be willing to part with him in a deal like that too? And I think the answer is yes, because in the modern NFL, uh, the running back is not as valued as a quarterback who takes you to that next level. And I know there's a lot of folks out there who believe that Derek Carr can do that. And so that's fine. If you think you're a quarterback, uh, then what are you going to do on defense to build that up? But it certainly is. I mean, all these stories swirling and, and, and nothing has happened yet, you know, and I think that's one of the issues is fans are sitting out there. They're going through football withdrawal right now. They're waiting for these shoes to drop to see what the Raiders are going to do to address their needs. But yet 
I don't think anything's going to happen in the near term because I do believe you're going to see a lot of, of high price free agents that are going to hit the market because of salary cap issues. And we're going to have somebody on hopefully tomorrow to talk about the salary cap. But but that's where we're at is is you kind of have to wait for some of those dominoes to fall. And I don't see John Gruden and Mike Mayock being guys who are going to go out and make some massively bold move, Chris. Yeah. And at the end of the day, and, and this does it doesn't just go for the Raiders. It goes for every franchise. You need to hit on your draft picks. I've oh, always been yeah. a big believer that you have to build through the draft and you fill holes with free agency. You need to build an organization through the draft. You can't go. And, and I, I saw it with the Jets when Bill Parcells was the coach of the Jets. They went one in 15 the year before he was hired. Within two years, they're playing for the for the AFC championship. But it wasn't through draft picks. They went out and they just signed a ton of players, guys who were who were really good players, and then they got in the cap hell. And then it took them yeah. a long time to get back to being a competitive team. You don't want that unless unless you win a Super Bowl, going out and signing a bunch of high-priced free agents is not the way you do it. Because at some point, those guys are going to hit they're they're going to hit the wall mm-hmm. and you're going to be stuck with salary cap hell and and we've seen it time and time and time again. The draft well, is the I, most important way you build your team. You you cannot build through free agency. It just doesn't work. And that's my concern with the Raiders. And this is not hating on the Raiders, because if you listen to this show, then you know we don't do that here. But I will tell you, they've had five number one picks in the last two years. And and I can name on one finger one that I know is already successful and has proven their worth so far. And that's Josh Jacobs. The rest of the guys, I'm not saying it doesn't take more time to develop at the cornerback position. I'm not saying I'm judging Damon Arnett off one year because I'm not. I think he's a talented player. But you have not gotten a return from the draft yet that says overwhelmingly, I mean, I mean, Chris, if I told you the Jets had five first-round picks over two years, you would expect a lot, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I mean, I, I and I've seen it. When Mike McCagigan, I, I hate even yeah. saying his name, when he was a general <laughs> manager, there was a year the Jets had like 12 picks in the draft, and not one of those players panned out. And it's like, that sets your your franchise back years. Oh, and and like you said, the jury is still out on some of these guys. You can't judge a cornerback based on one year, right? Jonathan right. Abram, you know, he, he missed his entire rookie season because of injury. You can't judge him based on this year. He's going to learn. He's, he's hopefully going to get better. But mm-hmm. with some of these guys, you're now getting into year three. It's either make it or break it time for some of these guys, and and if they don't improve and they don't get better, I mean we saw we saw Cleef Farrell get better, better, right? So I believe so. We, yeah. th- th- there's hope, right, that he's going to pan out. But when you, I think the problem is fans, and and we're all guilty of it, right? You, me, our team's growing up. When when our team drafts high, we expect those guys to be impact players right away. We're right not away, yeah. we're not patient enough as fans for our team or for those players to develop three, four years down the road. I saw the exactly. Jets give up on Leonard Williams, right? Yeah. He he was a top six pick, and they yeah. were like, yeah, you know what? We're done. Trade him to the Giants. What happens? He goes to the Giants, and he becomes a Pro Bowl caliber player. So maybe they, maybe it was maybe it was a change of scenery. I mean, he didn't even have to move, right? <laughs> like, he stayed in his own house. Oh, you got makes traded. it worse if you're a Jet fan. Yeah, he's, where, he's where, my, where am I going? Stadium. Do I have yeah, to exactly. do I have to hire a moving company? No, you're good. You're just going you're across the locker room. You're just going around the other end of Met, MetLife Stadium. And exactly. he's now turned into to a really good player. I I saw it with Demario Davis. They gave up on him. Now he's a Pro Bowl player in in New Orleans. So, yeah, sometimes it's a change of scenery, but you expect these guys to come in and make an impact, especially if they're a top 10, top 12 draft pick. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, no, it's but you got to hit on those draft picks. And that's the thing, too, where I think this year, if I'm the Raiders and somebody's going to give me some great value and I can turn it into maybe a veteran defensive tackle, uh, I might trade that first pick because, you know, what, we got a bunch of first round picks that haven't lived up to their expectations yet. Doesn't mean they won't just haven't yet. Then maybe maybe I need to go the veteran route, which I think is something the Raiders should do. Okay, we're up against our first break. You can get on. Tell us what you think. 702-365-9200 is the number to be a part of the show. You're with Chris and Scott here on Silver and Black today. Coming up next is Marcus Mosier from Raiders Wire. We're going to talk to him about building that Raiders defense. Where do you put, what do you plug in, who do you plug in, and how much money will you have to shore up the Raiders defense? You're here on Silver and Black today only on Raider Nation Radio. 
From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here's your host, Scott Colbranson. Oh yeah, it's hump day. Welcome back, Silver and Black today. As always, powered by our good friend Sam and Ash, the injury attorney. Check them out at samandashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. Speaking about deserving what's right, you got to put the right stuff into your body. So before every show, and I talk about this every day, but I remind people that you know not all foods are made the same. If you're like me, you're trying to keep the carbs down, especially at my age. You know, if I if I start eating too many carbs, it just like goes right to my gut. So I got I got to stay in shape. And one of the things that I'm doing is I don't have lunch. What I, every day is I have the best protein bar I have ever tasted, and I use it for meal replacement. It is Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bar, which you can find at drjensnutrition.com. This is great stuff for the entire family. Like I said, a convenient snack or meal replacement. They've, re- they've replaced candy in my life. I watch a movie. Uh, I have a sweet tooth. You know, I want something sweet. I don't reach for a candy bar anymore or the gummy bears, which I used to love. Uh, now I go for Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bar. It's certified gluten-free, all natural ingredients, no artificial sweeteners or sugar alcohols, which you find in some of that crap. Uh, it's got superfoods in it like spinach, kale, and quinoa. And it's the best thing is you, you hear spinach, kale, and quinoa, and you're like, oh, dude, how does that taste? Am I eating a shoe? No. This tastes so freaking good. I'm telling you, try it. If you just try one of these things, you will be sold and you will never go back. Uh, They're formulated to taste great. They have so many great flavors. My personal favorite is the banana chocolate chip or banana peanut butter chocolate chip in the yellow wrapper. It's fantastic. They have a mint chocolate brownie. They have a cocoa or a mocha crisp, which is awesome with coffee in the morning. Just great stuff. It has great fiber to keep you full and satisfied prebiotics and it's great for your uh, digestive system and it's high in protein obviously so check out dr jen's ultimate protein bars and if you go to their website at drjensnutrition.com and you use the code sbt10 you get a special discount just for listening to our show plus free shipping if you're in las vegas vegas discount nutrition those are everywhere big yellow signs you see them all over town doesn't matter if you're east side west side north side or southwest side you can find them there also terrible herbsts uh, convenience stores. Those are all over the valley, and you can find them there too, which is great because as you walk in and you see those Hostess cupcakes and all that other junk, uh, you can instead grab a Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bar. They are members of Raider Nation and big fans, including season ticket holders out at Allegiant Stadium. So Dr. Jen, Dr. Andrew, and their son Aiden, all great folks. Make sure you check them out. Support Raider Nation. Support Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars. All right. We are going to talk about, of course, the big the big elephant in the middle of the room, and that, of course, is the Raiders' defense heading into 2021. They have to do something. They have to do a lot, in my view, to get that defense to a point where this team is truly a contender for the playoffs. They have the offense that, although faltered towards the end of the season, seems to be just uh, in need of some tweaking, especially in the red zone. But on defense, I think they need players, and I think they need guys who are already on the roster to step up. They got a new coach, so what are they going to do? And to join us to talk about that is our good friend Marcus Mosier. He is the managing editor at Raiders Wire, and he joins us now. Marcus, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, I, I'm, I'm changing my mind on this whole defensive thing. I was all in favor of the Raiders going out, making a big splash for somebody on that defensive line, like uh, Marcus Williams or like J.J. Watt, which we know he's not going to go to the Raiders. But when you look at this, and I know you had a piece up on your site um, today, actually, from Levi Damien, who's also been on the show before, talking about the needs on defense. And clearly... They have, I think, three or four big needs, and I don't think you can go out and just spend big money on one guy. Look at the needs, Marcus. Starting at defensive tackle, I I don't know if Raider fans realize this, they have no starters left. They have Maurice Hurst, who's a part-time rotational guy uh, that you're hoping he continues to get better. But outside of that, they got nothing. With, with this approach, I mean, to me, I'm starting to think that they really need to not go for the big name, big money guys, but instead go to tier two and get two or three of those guys so that they can improve that defense to a level where, hey, if you can get your defense a couple notches up, like five or six spots into the low 20s, uh, then you might be uh, might be in business, but how do you start tackling this situation with so many needs that they have? 
first and foremost, I'm glad that I'm not Mike Mayock and John Gruden because they're going <laughs> to have a heck of a time trying to figure this out this offseason, especially with their cap situation. You know, they're projected to be $13 million over the cap. Uh, they are going to get some relief from Tyrell Williams, but it, it's not a great situation. And you know what's fascinating is I feel like last year they tried to get some of these Tier 2 free agents, and they tried to build a depth that way with Corey Littleton and Nick Kajowski and Carl Nassib. And it ended up turning out that those guys were just okay, right? And Mike Mayock and John Grew this offseason have already said, we need to find difference makers. We need to find guys that the, the opponents, the offensive coordinators have to game plan around. And they just don't have anybody on that side of the ball. So I think they're going to make a run at one big name free agent. I don't think it's going to be J.J. Watt. It might be Richard Sherman. It might be Marcus Williams, the safety out of uh, the Saints. It could be, you know, uh, uh, Leonard Williams, the defensive tackle for the Giants. But I just don't think bringing in three, four average starters is going to be enough to make this defense a viable one in 2021. Yeah, and, and and starting with, I think that the position of most need, as you guys mentioned in your story up on Raiders Wire today, is is defensive tackle. Like I said, Maurice Hurst is the only guy there. You know, you had Kendall Vickers who actually played when you needed at the times, uh, but past that, you have Jonathan Hankins leaving in free agency, Malik Collins, which was a disaster, didn't work out, even though he was supposed to the straw that stirred the drink. And- Gruden said on defense. Um, when you at, if you're if you're John Gruden and Mike Mack, which I know you say you don't want to be because of all the problems, but uh, when you look at that front line, um, do you think that the need is greater for them to sign that big name free agent, maybe at tackle versus end? I think so. Uh, you know, they could certainly use more help at defensive end. Cleveland Farrell, Max Crosby are good, not great starters. Uh, they need to get a defensive tackle in here because, I mean, even Maurice Terse, who is a part-time player, he's entering the final year of his rookie contract, and he doesn't appear to be a long-term solution. So they very easily could go out and find three guys at fairly, you know, decent prices and, and slide them in, but that's not going to improve the unit at all. I would rather see them go out and spend big money on one defensive tackle. Again, Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson uh, are the two best guys on the market. Maybe a Novican Sue later in his career, but uh, I would like to see them sign an actual difference maker on the defensive line. Yeah, and if they do that, which I think, again, we're talking to Marcus Mosier from Raiders Wire. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier, M-O-S-H-E-R. Um, and, and I've been I've been saying that, and maybe it's my Notre Dame bias, but I've been saying that maybe they should go linebacker in that first round. But if they go out and they sign, let's say, a Leonard Williams up front, um, you know, and, and, a, and a Christian Barmore is there, uh, they could suddenly turn around that interior of that defensive line with one young guy and one proven veteran pretty quickly, Whereas defensive end, I, I don't like the draft. I think some of the guys that are worthy no. of first round will be gone already. Uh, so to me, you know, if you can do that, that's great because you might address one need. But then you also have need, as you mentioned, at safety. Jonathan Abrams still has not gotten to where they need him to be. Uh, and you talked about Richard Sherman. He's the guy that both uh, Q Myers and I have been on for a while saying that, yeah, he, he's a guy you'd love to see back. Back there, but then Vinny Bonsignor, our colleague here, says that they probably wouldn't put him at safety. So, what do you do at safety? Do you look perhaps to address that in the draft? It's going to be really difficult. Now, I think your guy from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Usu Koromora, is actually a safety in the NFL and not a linebacker. Yeah. But that's sort right. of a different show. We'll, we'll talk about him later. Yeah. Uh, but they need a free safety. They need somebody in this cover three defense that can be there. They're Earl Thomas type of player. Now, there's there's no Earl Thomas in the free agency, but there are quite a few guys that can fill that role as a deep third guy that can be rangy, can take the ball away. Again, Marcus Williams is the best option. Marcus May from the Jets is another option. Anthony Harris from the Vikings should get around $10 million a year. I think any one of those three guys makes a lot of sense. If you get a true free safety, I think that allows Jonathan Abram to be a more effective player. Uh, Abram was obviously better closer to the box. You're hoping as you know we get into this third season of Jonathan Abram, he starts to figure it out. But uh, I have my doubts, Scott. I, I really do think if they can get a free safety in here, and maybe this is even a bigger need than defensive tackle, I think he could show up that secondary pretty quickly. 
Yeah, and if you look at, we'll, we'll go to linebacker now, and you talked about Koromoa from, from Notre Dame, and the reason I like him is, yeah, he's not a true line. He's that hybrid player that we're starting to see emerge in college and in professionals, the Justin Simmons-type guys out there who, who, can, who can come up and rush the ball, especially up the middle. If, if they have a rush up the middle, you can rush him, but he also falls back into a box safety position. Um, talk about that dynamic. I, have a, I hear from a lot of fans, Marcus, who are not convinced yet that that hybrid position is, is going to last in the NFL, and I completely disagree with them. I, I disagree as well. I think we've already seen that. I think Jamal Adams is really the perfect example of that with the Seahawks, right? He's a strong safety who really plays on the line of scrimmage. He's really more of an edge defender than he is a strong safety. I will caution uh, Raider fans with this. I don't necessarily think that Gus Bradley and Rod Marinelli are the most creative defensive minds out there. So they might not be the best fit for somebody like uh, JOK from Notre Dame. So I get I get some of the worry and some of the you know pessimism there. I think the Raiders will be more likely to find a you know typical off the ball linebacker, maybe in the second or third round, that can come in run cover. Uh, rather than somebody like JOK, who's going to need a little bit more help from his coaching staff to be successful. Yeah, and 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 I agree with that 100. percent We'll have to see. Like like they said, we we've been seeing a lot about how Gus Bradley's going to simplify the defense after coming after Paul Gunther, and and you're right, they're not exactly creative. If you watch what he did in in Los Angeles, you know that firsthand. At cornerback too, you talked and you mentioned that earlier, and we were talking about Damon Arnett, talking about Trayvon Mullen, uh, and some of the other guys that they have. Of course, they they drafted Amik Robertson, which seems to be more of a product. I like the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, in the slot, but we'll see how he works out. But to me, you know, Damon Arnett's still a big question mark, whether he can stay on the field. You know, here's a guy who quit football when he was at Ohio State for a while, wanted to quit again, and ended up sticking in there, and the Raiders make him a first-round draft pick. What kind of cornerback? They sort of need, in my view, so, sort of a big-body cornerback who's going to go out there and do that. Is that the kind of guy that, that you go out and get a Richard Sherman to come in and really tutor those guys how to play the position a little more? Yeah, I think Richard Sherman would be a fantastic fit. He's the prototypical cover three cornerback that can play on the line of scrimmage, jam uh, receivers, and be really physical. It's just, do the Raiders want to spend that much money on a one- or two-year rental? I think there's actually better guys out there that are in the primes of their careers that could fill in. Uh, one guy that I know the Raiders do like and the coaching staff is for the Raiders like is Chidabe Awuzie, a, a cornerback for the Dallas wow. Cowboys who uh, Rod Marinelli is a big fan of. Obviously, he's just a defensive line coach, but uh, we saw last year how you know how many different Dallas Cowboys they've brought in. So Chidabe Awuzie, he's only a 24-year-old, lot of experience, long, athletic, can actually play some safety if you need him. I think that's a more realistic option than the Raiders going out and getting a Richard Sherman. All right, Marcus Mosier from Raiders Wire is our guest here on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. And Marcus, switching to the offense, I know I know everybody's so focused on the defense, but as you know, and and you as well as the Raiders, um, you have to constantly worry about depth and, and refilling spots and, and, and being a step ahead when it every position on the field. And, and I'm not ready to pe- press the panic button by any means, but I've been saying for weeks here that the offensive line to me is becoming an increased concern. Mm-hmm. We still don't know what the team's going to do about Trent Brown. We don't know about a 38-year-old Richie Incognito. We don't know about Gabe Jackson moving forward um, per se, what they're going to do there. And and yeah, they got John Simpson last year. They have a couple developmental guys that they think are going to be okay. But to me, there's needs there too. How do you address those if, if Incognito's gone and Trent Brown's gone? What are the Raiders going to do up front? Yeah, it's really fascinating. The guy that you didn't mention, Denzel Good, who played pretty well at left guard last year in Incognito's place, uh, he's also a free agent. So the Raiders have a lot mm-hmm. of decisions to make. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Gabe Jackson because that's the one guy that I keep coming back to. They can cut him, say, just under $10 million, uh, with no cap hit, uh, or excuse me, no dead cap hit. Uh, do they opt to release him? re-sign Denzel Good and probably have a few more extra dollars to spend on the offensive line, that wouldn't be that surprising at all. I do think Richie Incognito is going to leave. He might potentially retire, but 
it's it's a unit that probably needs a another top 100 pick, maybe an offensive tackle. Uh, we'll see what they think of Brandon Parker. I I, I think they're good to move on after this year. Uh, maybe draft a, a guy that can play multiple positions, but you can never have too many resources in that offensive line. And with the way that John Gruden wants to play football, they want to run the ball. They want to protect their quarterback and use play action. Uh, you've got to have a good offensive line, and it's time for the Raiders to start getting younger up front. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And then uh, lastly, you know, one of the positions that a lot of people don't talk about either, although we've been talking about the need for a true number two, is that running back. Josh Jacobs is clearly the starter uh, here in Las Vegas, uh, although he's had trouble with injury and staying on the field. But part of that is because he just they just haven't had a really good viable option uh, to, to play behind him. They've had Jalen Richard, obviously. He might end up being uh, a salary cap victim this year if they, if they really need to free up money and they can't do it elsewhere. Um, and to me, this is a position, if I'm them, I target in the draft, too. I think you can get some good guys in the later rounds to come in there and compete and do well. But uh, how important is that going to be? I mean, knowing that John Gruden in this offense really starts, we saw when the Raiders had to move away from their run and their plan, it didn't go so well. Uh, what are they going to do at running back? It'd be really nice if they had like a Lynn Bowden in here to be, you know, be ready after <laughs> selecting him in the third round last year. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice to have that guy in the roster? Uh, that's that's for a different day. Um, yeah, I think they need another running back. Luckily, there's plenty of options out there in free agency. You can find backup running backs in the third, uh, fourth round without a problem at all. Given that the Raiders probably want to get somebody with a little, a little bit more experience. What about Mark Ingram? I think Ingram has maybe mm. one, maybe two years left. He's a really tough inside runner. Uh, we know that the Raiders have never shied away from you know aging veterans. I don't think Ingram is going to take a lot of money. I think you can get him eight to ten pretty high-quality touches uh, a game, and he's fantastic between tackles. I think that's somebody who is likely to be on their radar. That's a nice one, yeah. I mean, he he would fit in nicely there, and I think you're right to give give that that person, uh, or I should say, Josh Jacobs, that person behind him who can come in and spell him, and, and you're not going to lose a ton uh, because he's still got some gas left in the tank. So that should be good. All right, Marcus Mosier from Raiders Wire. You can follow him on Twitter at. Go ahead. Oh, we got it. Alabama backfield, right? We have got a Mark Ingram. We got a Josh Jacobs. It's perfect. We'll just keep all these Alabama guys together. That's right. That and the Clemson guys, uh, and you and you really get the whole the go. whole uh, national championship thing going. Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter. Of course, read his stuff up on and, and the rest of his staff up on Raiders Wire. Marcus, always a pleasure, my man. We'll talk to you real soon. Yeah, thank you, Scott. All right, there you go, Marcus Moser. Interesting stuff. I'm, yeah, Mark Ingram is a guy I know. I've, I've seen a couple folks out there mention his name as a possibility to go out and grab uh, as, a, as a backup running back. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think, you know, it's not – Devontae Booker did okay. He was, a good, he was a good guy to bring in when they brought him in, but, but I think Mark Ingram would offer a whole different level – of opportunity for the Raiders as a backup to Josh Jacobs and really strengthen that. But but I think what what Marcus goes on and and we talk about Chris is the fact that you know y- you say fix the defense but there's so many little tentacles and areas where they have to fix and upgrade yet and they got to find the money to do it and then they have to make sure that some of these young players who are developing come through because that's why he started out by saying he's glad he's not John Gruden and Mike Mayock and I agree with them it's not that simple yeah and and I think what you hope is you you bring back Nelson Aguilar right and then you you say okay we're set at tight end we're set at wide receiver right assuming Brian Edwards progresses and has has a good season right he I mean he he mm-hmm. we, we don't know what we have with him if if you're John Gruner and Mike Mayock, right? You don't know what you've got. But you hope that between Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and Nelson Aguilar, you're set at wide receiver. Obviously, there's no questions about Darren Waller. He's he's maybe the best, if not one of the top two or three tight ends in the entire NFL. So you're set there. You've got some good pieces on the O-line, right? Hudson probably should have been a, a pro bowler, right? Oh, yeah. he, he had that good of a season. Maybe, maybe you know, there, there's a couple of holes that you want to fix there. I think on offense, you, you're, you're probably fine, assuming you, you can bring back Nelson Aguilar. Now, if you don't bring back Aguilar, do you go out and do you sign another veteran receiver? Because I don't know if, if Ruggs has proven he's a number one guy. Yeah. So, so I mean, maybe you hope he's that guy, right? I mean, he again, first-round pick, you want him to have an impact. 
Maybe you well, tell them, and, look, and, here, here's the keys it, to the Ferrari, man. It's all you now. Yeah, and, and like I said, at those skill positions, wide receiver, tight end, running back, if you go out and you get a, a like, like a, a Mark Ingram or somebody like that to follow him up, that would be fine, and I, I think you're right. But then, as I mentioned with Marcus on, on the call, on the interview, you got some offensive line issues you got to worry about depending on what you decide to do. So that might force their hand, and, and they might have to grit their teeth and say, okay, let's hope that last year with Trent Brown was an anomaly, that he's going to come back strong, committed, and, and we're going to pay him and bring him back because I think you got to worry about that line. And then you got to develop the next line that's going to come after him because if you're going to make a run in the next three or four years, you got to get younger on that offensive line, as he mentioned. So there's a lot to, to, there's a lot to happen in this offseason. It's going to be fascinating to watch it. Okay, we're going to take our final break of the hour. When we come back, we'll get to your phone calls, 702-365-9200. What do you guys think about what the Raiders are going to have to do on defense and how they're going to do it? That's the big question mark. I want to hear from you guys and hear what you have to say as the GMs out on the phone line. You're with Chris and Scott here on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. If you believe Tom Brady did fumble and that Franco Harris didn't catch that pass and call it the immaculate deception, then you found the right place. This is Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today here on this Wednesday. Thanks again to Marcus Mosier from... Raiders Wire talking about the Raiders defense, how they're going to address the needs that they have. It's a little bit of mind-boggling stuff. It's not that easy. It's not just going out and signing one guy. The Raiders have more needs on defense than you think. And so we'll have to see what happens there, but it's going to be it's going to be tough. By the way, as always, uh, Silver and Black today is powered by our good friend Sam and Ash, the injury attorney, 702 702- 820-1234 because you deserve what's right. Also, a special thanks out to our supporters, all the people that make Raider Nation radio possible so that Raider Nation across the world has something to listen to every day. That includes the Laborers Local 872, the men and women who built the new home of the Raiders, the Death Star, as I like to call it, the Big Al Allegiant Stadium, as well as our good friend, criminal defense attorney Michael Troiano uh, and Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars, uh, all supporters here of Silver and Black today and of Raider Nation Radio. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour... A great young sports writer, Kalen Jones, uh, from The Ringer is going to join us. He wrote a piece about Marcus Mariota and how Marcus Mariota might be the big wild card in the entire quarterback carousel thing you're hearing about. And and I don't know, Chris, this might be the season that we see the most movement at quarterback probably in the last 25 years. Yeah, I can't remember going into an offseason where there's so many questions at quarterback I mean there's there's even teams that we're probably not even thinking about that have difficult quarterback decisions to make obviously teams like the Colts they're going to need a quarterback right no more Philip Rivers he's gone he's done uh the the red that I almost said <laughs> the Washington football team right <laughs> they they need a quarterback right they were right there on the doorstep they're going to need a quarterback you're, you you have other teams. I mean, obviously, Houston's going to need a quarterback, right, if they move to Sean Watson. But like you said, I, I, I can't remember an offseason, even New England. New England has questions at quarterback. That That's yeah. the rumor. You know, they're, they're rumored to be in on Marcus Mariota, and, and I don't know if that's one of those things that's just rumor or if it's reality. But, I mean, it's certainly out there. And Bill Belichick, yeah. not the kind of guy who, who tends to let – the newspaper writers create the headlines in, in New England. Usually he does that, a lot of the stuff under the radar. But they have they have a huge question because clearly Cam Newton's not the answer. I don't no. know if I don't know if he's the answer anywhere. You mentioned the Denver Broncos, right? Are are they in for Deshaun Watson? They have questions at quarterback. Miami, are they completely sold on what they've seen from Tua? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I know I know what I saw when we when we were at Allegiant Stadium and we saw the Dolphins play. They pulled Tua, right? They, they he he had a couple of bad series and they pulled them. Yeah, I don't know uh, if that's but, giving your your young quarterback a, a ton of faith and a, and a ton of confidence. Yeah, and and I think look, I I think in the case of Tua, and I know Justin Herbert had this great year, but you have two. I think Tua, I'm giving Tua a pass, and I don't. I, I think if the Dolphins end up ending that that I'll call it experiment, just because if it was only one year, it was. 
I think he's going to come back to haunt them if he stays in the AFC, if that happens. Because, listen, here's a guy who's coming off a major injury out of college, and he had no preseason. He yeah. had no off-season program because of COVID. Justin Her- Herbert didn't either, but Justin Herbert wasn't coming off a major injury. Yeah, exactly right. And And so to me... Yeah, the thought that you're thinking about trading Tua is crazy. Now, for Deshaun Watson, I might do that myself if I'm in Miami. I get it. But I think what what we're seeing, and we've talked about it over the last couple weeks on the show, Chris, is the fact that no longer are you sitting there and staying pat unless you have a surefire MVP candidate who's already won for you, i.e. Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. You're willing to listen and consider moving on even from a quarterback you drafted in the first round last year. Yeah, I mean, even even the conversation was being had last week. Should the Raiders field calls if if someone's calling about Derek Carr? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to. You have if, to. If, if, if someone's willing to blow you away with an offer for Derek Carr, you have to at least listen to it. I mean, nobody says you have to go out and make the deal, but you have to listen. You're crazy if you just hang up the phone. Because if someone's coming in with a strong offer, there's a good chance if you're if you're negotiating from a position of power, you're going to be able to get more out of that deal. Correct. Now, the, the question would be, who who do you replace Derek Carr with? And obviously, that is a major, major question, but it could be answered with the Houston Texans. Yeah. But it, it's just a, going to be such a strange offseason. And what you said about Tua coming into this season, you couldn't be more, you couldn't be more right. I mean, I, I, I am a big, big, big English Premier League fan Mm -hmm. and my club they signed a guy from Germany and the guy came in and he struggled and it's like wait a minute short offseason because of COVID right the season was extended he's adjusting to a new system a new style of play a completely new league of course there's going to be growing pains you can't just expect guys to come in right away in that situation and excel because it's it's there's obviously a lot of factors that were involved with Tua but Right. I don't know if if benching him and playing him and benching him and playing him sends the right message. And quite honestly, I grew up hating the Dolphins because of Don Shula and Dan Marino. <laughs> I I have no problem in the world watching that franchise struggle. And if they, if they <laughs> well, make, I I would say, you know what? Go ahead, trade away Tua because I've I've read the Ryan Fitzpatrick book. I know how it ends, and it's not ending in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, and to me, the thing with two, I'll say this before we go to break, is that had the Dolphins not been in the position where they were so close to getting into the playoffs and and they had a wily veteran like Fitzpatrick behind him, I don't think he takes him out. Like, so I think people overread, well, he didn't have the confidence he pulled him out. I said, no. And listen, if you're Brian Flores, who I think is a fantastic coach, by the way, if you're if you're him, you have to win in this league or you're gone, especially a coach and GM. If you don't win, you're done. And so if you're that close to the playoffs, now if they only had five wins rolling into Las Vegas against the Raiders, I think he, he leaves two in there to get the valuable game experience. But that's not what it is. You have to try to win. And you had Fitzpatrick back there. And clearly in that game, <laughs> it was the right choice. Uh, but I, I don't think two is done. I think he's going to be a quarter, good quarterback. If you watch the film of him coming out of college and where he targets the ball, where he throws the ball, He's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. Okay, we're going to take a uh, top-of-the-hour break here. When we come back, our guest will be Kalen Jones. He's a writer of the NFL at The Ringer. We're going to talk to him about Marcus Mariota, the trade value there, and what the latest chatter is, but also why he believes that Mariota may be the biggest wild card in this whole quarterback carousel in 2021. You're with Chris Chapman, Scott Branson here on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. <laughs> 